You're listening to the APSI Podcast, the association of people supporting employment first, with your host, Chris Davies. Today's podcast is brought to you by Reach for Resources, a nonprofit providing individualized competitive employment services for people with disabilities. We believe our community is a better place when it is inclusive and everyone, regardless of ability, has the chance to be successful. Learn more at reachforresources.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Minnesota APSI podcast. Hard to believe this is episode seven of season three. Uh, we're recording today on October 27th, 2023. We're so delighted to have our guest, Jay Magrisso, here with us today. Been getting to know uh, Jay in studio here and uh, just a really, really nice uh, man with a, a lot of uh, interesting background that I think you're all going to enjoy uh, learning about and uh, really looking forward to our discussion, Jay. Okay. Um, as I always do, you know, if this is your first new uh, or first time popping into the Minnesota APSI podcast, welcome. Uh, it's a s- extra special day because it's our first podcast with our sponsor, Reach for Resources. So, so happy to have them on board and sponsoring the, the podcast. So if you are just new to, to APSI and Minnesota APSI, it stands for Association for People Supporting Employment First. We are truly the only national membership organization that solely uh, advocates for uh, integrated competitive employment, one person, one job at a time, customized employment practices. And we, we really believe that, uh, you know, that uh, employment is the avenue out of isolation and, and poverty. And so, uh, that's what we're all about, and we've been doing these podcasts now for a few years, and and we're delighted to have our, our guest, Jay, uh, here with us today. And before I pass it over to Jay, I'm going to give my visual description. Uh, today, I am wearing blue jeans and a checkered blue button-down shirt. Uh, I just shaved this morning, so my head is bald as bald can be, and uh, I've got a, uh, a red beard. So that's a little bit about my visual description. So, Jay. Yes. Hi, Chris. My name is Jay McGrisso, and visual description, um, I have dark hair uh, and a beard. I'm wearing a black sort of flannel button-down shirt, jeans, and blue sneakers, um, and I have um, olive skin. Very nice. Thank you, Jay. So Jay and I were just uh, catching up a little bit, as, as I mentioned, and uh, Jay is from uh, Queens, New York, and, and so we were reminiscing about different uh, family and, and people that we know, you know, in New York. And, you know, this time, Jay, I'd just really uh, love for you to, to let our audience know, you know, a little bit more about yourself, some, uh, some things about your background. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me as, as well. Um, so, yeah, I was born in Queens, New York, Floral Park, um, if you're familiar, and lived there till I was about 13 uh, before moving to York, Pennsylvania, when my mom got remarried. Happy birthday to mom, by the way. Um, yes, happy birthday, mom. We lived in York, which was um, you know kind of south-central PA, west of, of Philadelphia, and uh, I lived there until... Uh, college went to Bucknell University, so we I am I am a, a proud Bison. 
um, and then went to abroad. Uh, I lived abroad. And I lived in Italy, actually, and I spent time traveling and, and teaching English, um, and then came back to the States and got involved with some nonprofit work for a while, um, and then made my way um, to Boston and got involved with uh, video game development, and I was part of I don't, um, a developer called Harmonix. And I worked there for the better part of a, of a decade, probably around eight or so years, uh, working on all different types of rock band iterations, and then did some work in audio software. Um, and then we made a decision to move the family uh, out west here to, to Minnesota. And then I've been working in consulting basically since then uh, for a couple of different places. Right on. Well, I got to be honest. I've, it's the first time I've, I've felt uh, we're out west here in Minnesota. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. I like that analogy. Uh, head west, as they say. Um, that's fascinating that you worked on. You were one of you know. If I'm understanding this correctly, one of the original developers of the rock band software. Is that what? Uh, is that how we understand it? So yeah, I guess I could I can qualify phenomenal. that a little bit. Guitar Hero was was you know one of the the earliest ones that okay. people will probably recognize from that genre. Um, although there were obviously other karaoke games, it's a whole other podcast for the the history of music video games. But yeah, I think I've worked on pretty much most of the iterations of of Rock Band um, over the course of the years. Probably the, the the biggest highlight was was the Beatles Rock Band, which I think I'd probably mm. I wouldn't be alone uh, you know from the studio in kind of highlighting that as sure. as a as a key one. Yeah, I can only imagine there's got to be a lot of um, people watching or listening today that probably have played rock band, and and that's uh, that's pretty neat to have somebody that's had such a, a you know a hand in in the development of that. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, so you were uh, teaching English in Italy. How long were you there? Like about few three years. years. Yeah, a few yeah. years. Where were you in Italy? Mostly Rome. Oh, okay. Very yeah. good. Very so good. this was right around yeah. the time when um, Pope Ratzinger, mm-hmm. um, or Pope Benedict, I should say, okay, uh, sort of was elected or, or okay. voted in. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I can't remember what year that was. Uh, 2002 to 2005 okay. was, was when I was all right. there. All right. Sounds so. good. I know my brother and his family would be able to give you all the <laughs> – uh, so I uh, – I, I sort of dropped out a little bit, so to speak. So, all right. So, uh, you know, the, um, uh, in your early career, you're doing some, some team building and, and project management. And I remember when we met, uh, earlier in the week, you had mentioned just sort of how important, you know, teamwork was to you. Tell us, tell us more about that. Yeah, I've, I've always been involved in, in sports from a very young age. Mostly tennis was probably my, my preferred sport growing up. And then, um, you know, as somebody, I'm a, well, I'm, I'm five, six, so I'm not the tallest person, but I did love basketball or I do love basketball still. And, um, that was my sort of second sport that I played a lot. And, you know, through that love of the sport, um, and interest in, in coaching, um, I was able to connect with, um, a few of the, the women's basketball players from our freshman year. They were on my, my we were on the same hall and they were looking for, uh, you know, a manager, and um, I said, yeah, sure, I, I, w- I would do that, or however that conversation went, you know, all those years ago. And, 
yeah, I was able to kind of be um, a team manager, and then I also helped a little bit with with JV activities and got to practice with with the women um, in drills and, and different activities, which was which was cool. So that was a, a really special part of you know my college experience in particular. And, and um, yeah, like, like I was saying to you earlier, my senior year we were able to we won the Patriot League championship mm-hmm. and we went down to Baylor first round of the tournament. So that was that was yeah. really cool. That's that's fun. What, what year was that exactly? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah, that's a blast. There's nothing like uh, uh, being, I think, so closely to a team that uh, that has achieved you know something like that and gets to go to the big dance uh, together. That must have been uh, that must have been a real thrill. Yeah. So, but I was also studying yeah. um, you know psychology, sure, uh, psychology major and education minor. Um, but sports psychology in particular was a, was a really interesting area and always had been for me. And so I was really interested in, you know, team cohesion, motivation and, and things like that. And, you know, seeing that played out through the course of practices and, and, and seeing that the game plan get executed in games, um, and through the season was, was a really rewarding experience to kind of. Yeah see some things get put into practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, so you've got your, 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 your seeing your theories and right. actually in practice uh, developing in front of you. That's fun. And I got to say, you mentioned you were five, six. Uh, have you ever heard of Muggsy Bogues? Of course. Oh have, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's my hero. So, cause I was very short growing up. I was five, two when I got my driver's license. So late developer. And, uh, so Muggsy Bogues was my hero, you know, as yeah. an NBA player at five, three. So yeah. I kept playing basketball and then eventually I, you can't tell sitting in a chair, but I grew a little bit. So, you know, uh, it all worked out, but, yeah. um, Spud Webb is another one. Spud Webb. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. I still think Love I can Spud. dunk sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, good for you. Yeah. I wish I had that uh, belief in myself. So, all right. So, uh, that's, that's all really cool stuff. And, I know, you know, one of the key reasons you're here today is to talk a little bit about, um, you know, something that happened in your life uh, that has, yeah. you know, dramatically affected you and sort of the path that, that you took and some of the things you've done in recent years. Uh, so I'm referring to uh, acoustic neuroma. Correct. And uh, if you could tell our audience a little bit about, you know, that experience and, and what that was like and, and what came from that. Yeah. So... Well, when I was, I guess this was 2019, um, I started to, to really recognize some, some things that were starting to be different, right? And I was kind of ending my 30s, entering my 40s, and I didn't know what that really meant physically, right? Um, other than the idea of just, you know, getting older. And so I started to notice, uh, some facial numbness, my, my lips and, and, and sort of cheek area. Um, my hearing started to kind of get a little bit uh, wonky, I guess I can say. Um, in and One out. One of my favorite words, by the way. Wonky. wonky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a good book that we liked at the family uh, at the house called The Wonky Donkey. So oh, the shout- Wonky Donkey. All right. Write shout that down. Out, shout out to that book. Uh, and the, yeah, so my left ear was primarily my hearing ear and my, my phone call ear and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then I started, started to recognize that I couldn't really hear people on the phone. And so I, I started to raise the volume and then ultimately I just had to switch ears. Um, walking down the hall at work with people, I kept saying to myself, gee, why are they whispering? You know, it's just, 
just us. Is there something that I'm right. missing or maybe I shouldn't be speaking as loudly, but yeah. they weren't. Ultimately, I found out uh, they just I just couldn't hear them as well. So, you know, I started to kind of explore this once I once I recognized it and sought some, you know, some support, medical support, um, trying to understand what might be going on. And, you know, at first I think it was kind of like, well, yeah, you are just getting old and, you know, you, you, you went to a lot of concerts and, and, you know, hearing is one of those things that just goes. So, you know, just be mindful of that. Um, maybe an ear infection, you know, was also a thought. And, um, but the symptoms didn't really go away. In fact, they got worse. They then came headaches, um, tinnitus, um, well, and then as we got further along, balance, um, you know, I, I'm a pretty athletic person and, sure. I, and sports has sure. always been a huge part of my, my life and noticing that, you know, I'm, as I'm bending over, I'm falling, I'm yeah. falling over and I have to catch myself yeah. uh, or playing basketball. I'm, I'm, I'm getting jostled and then I'm falling down, you know, more, more easily. Um, yeah, I would so, imagine that really got your attention for, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird. It, it got my attention, mm-hmm. but then it also, I want to say it, it, it didn't because you kind of just, you, you, you rationalize it, you couch it as like, again, just getting older. I'm, you know, there's nothing unique about me necessarily. It's just this thing that's happening. Um, I should probably just stretch more and get more sleep, you know? Uh, but even after all those things, it, you know, it wasn't getting better. And so finally, after being more and more vocal that no, something I think is wrong and, and just kind of listing some of these symptoms to providers, they were kind of like, well, I mean, I guess there is this thing, potentially this rare thing. So let's go and, and check it out and, and rule that out. Right. And so that led to an MRI mm-hmm. and then that led to a phone call at like five o'clock on a Friday from someone saying, right. so there's something that we found mm-hmm. and um, you're going to want to get it checked out and taken care of that must have been a scary moment it was a super scary moment and um you know going back to the the idea of being vocal about it i don't know you know i can't speak for everybody right but certainly for me i I thought about all those weeks months prior where those symptoms sort of popped up and i didn't really pay pay attention to them i didn't take stock I, i i didn't um give them proper consideration and you know, I was kind of pretty scared, to be honest, and um, not sure what, what that meant. D- hadn't heard about this diagnosis before, which was an acoustic neuroma, which is a, a brain tumor. And you start to think about those thoughts of like, well, what's going to happen? And you start to regret, oh, I should have said something earlier. I should have done something different. Um, you know, and, and those are some of the early thoughts, uh, which is tough. I apologize if this is a hard question, but was there any um, information that you learned that if you had, uh, say, had an MRI sooner, mm-hmm. it would have uh, it, it you would have been able to uh, limit the growth of the tumor? Yeah, that's was a great. Was there any of that? That's a great question. And I'm asking that mainly for our audience, in case anybody's out there, you know, experiencing symptoms like the the ones you just described. Yeah, if if anyone is experiencing symptoms, uh, you know, in in general, um, I, I would definitely recommend uh, advocating for yourself and and speaking to your provider and and making sure that you know you're sharing 
what your experience is uh, with someone that will listen to you know the things that that you feel are going on because you know it's it's cliche to say but you know your your body best and you know mm. what you were capable of doing what you are capable of doing and how that changes over time mm. and, and so it's okay to, to to call that out and and to you know seek that help um, for for acoustic aromas which I guess you know I'm not the the, the medical expert here but uh it's actually uh the tumor that grows off of the um acoustic the auditory nerve and the um vestibular schwannoma is another name it's the i think a, a growth of the, the overgrowth of the schwann cell it sort of sheaths the the nerve um anyway okay i, I didn't have all those notes no, down though, so that, that's okay pa- pardon yeah. me if, if i've if i've uh, gotten some of that wrong so i'm also a little bit nervous if you can't tell well, um, i'm not a doctor either yeah. jay uh, and i don't play one on tv <laughs> some of the people that that are watching Sorry, though can fact, throw that out there can fact check me yeah good to know also um but yeah so obviously the sooner you you catch something like a tumor sure the more opportunities and options you have mm-hmm. for my for me I did not have very many options. My tumor was just about three centimeters, which is, you know, size of a yeah, ping pong a ball, golf size. ball. Yeah. Um, and it was also starting to, well, not even starting. It was compressing my, uh, my cerebellum, my, my brainstem, which is where a lot of the other, um, symptoms and, and experiences I was, I was seeing and, and feeling, uh, were stemming from. So yeah, they can, they're generally very small, very slow growing benign tumors. Um, and the sooner you catch them, you have a lot more options. You know, there are options such as doing nothing, right? Watching and waiting, which is a totally legitimate course. Um, there are radiation, different types of radiation treatments that you can do. Um, or there's, there's surgery. Um, and then even within surgery, you have different options available depending on an, a multitude of factors. You know, whether you have hearing, the placement of the tumor, um, the size of the tumor, obviously, probably being the biggest one. Um, there's, you know, a middle, a middle fossa kind of going in over here. Uh, there's a trans lab, uh, which is going through the, the the labyrinth of the of the ear canal, and then there's the retrosigmoid, which is kind of going in behind the ear, which is the one that I had. Okay. Um, and so there are different reasons mm-hmm. and and justifications for you know why you might want to consider those things. But the only recommendation I, w- I would have, I guess, you know, all this is my personal you know uh, opinion right sure not medical advice or, yeah. or legal advice etc um would it just be to, to to seek multiple opinions and, and make sure you feel comfortable with you know your your decision and um yeah because there, there are a lot of, of thoughts and a lot of decisions to kind of weigh absolutely absolutely and so for you uh i don't remember i'm sorry the name of the procedure but mm-hmm. you had that done so you had your neuroma if i'm saying that right or tumor removed yeah, completely. I, yeah, I think it was just a craniotomy. So okay, you know, so they called it a craniotomy. Just kind of get yeah. in there and sure. yeah, <laughs> open yeah. it up. And, Not scary and, at all, right? You know, I mean, geez. Yeah. Uh, so wow, that must have been a, uh, a really big day. So so after that procedure, after you had that uh, taken out, what was um, what happened next for you? Yeah. So you know, I, I should mention you know, one of the great benefits of, of being here in Minnesota was mm-hmm. having the support and and um, availability of my, my family and friends here, um, obviously Mary's family and friends, um, which was just a second 
you know, extended family to, to me and they, and they welcomed yeah. us. Um, obviously Mayo is a, is a big part of the, the Minnesota, you know, health scene, but also nationally. And I was able to, to work with, well, they were able to work with me and, and, um, just right down the road. So it worked out that I came to Minnesota and, and had, you know, a great facility like that, just, just kind of right there. So, um, I think that, Sorry, can I get you to repeat your question? Oh, yeah, that's quite right. My, my question was just um, after you had your surgery, Yes. Uh, what was the recovery like? And then also yeah. that led you down some other paths. Yeah. So, you know, the recovery was, I would say, pr- pretty significant. I ended up being out of work for about three months, okay. um, you know, taking short-term dis- disability. Sure. And, um, you know... One of the things that I th- I knew was likely going to be a challenge going in, but didn't know exactly how, how it was going to impact me coming out of it, um, was loss of balance. Um, my vision wasn't quite the same as it used to be. Um, you know, everything kind of it's it's a kind of a grab bag of symptoms experience. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned a couple of headaches and balance and, and, and things like that, but there's also brain fog, fatigue, um, loss of, uh, loss of taste, numbness. Um, and you know, this also could be like facial, facial paralysis is also another area, um, that could affect people. So, and then this eye doesn't always, you know, work the same. Um, and I'm, I'm favoring my left eye because that's, this is my side. It's also why I'm sitting on, on this side. Uh, Chris was nice enough to give up his captain's chair here. Well, it's, well, you're, it's, you, yeah. no, no thank you is needed. <laughs> and I'm actually realizing I kind of like the couch. I might, this might be, I might stick here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So coming out of surgery, I knew I had, I don't know exactly what the percentage was, but I had, let's say a fi- five, ish percent chance of retaining my hearing because of the size and location of my tumor. Um, unfortunately, we found out that in really the last, let's, I don't know, the last hour, the 11th hour, which is kind of appropriate because I think my surgery was about 11 hours wow. or 12 hours wow. long. 11 so, hours, holy. So holy in that, in that sort of 11th hour, um, I ended up losing my, my hearing okay. completely on my, on my left side. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing obviously, well, I shouldn't say, the word obviously, but I'm guessing the hope with the surgery was that they'd be able to preserve your hearing. So they're taking, they're being very careful about nerves and things like that. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm even less medically savvy than you are. I mean, that didn't sound right. You are sure. medically savvy, but uh, that, that's what I'm guessing. So it sounds like in the 11th hour, that wasn't able to be to, to get what they needed out. Yeah. You you lost your hearing in. In your uh, left side, Cor- correct. Yeah, there there was certainly an, plenty of discussions going into surgery, understanding what the situation could be, the outcomes. Right, you, you always have those sure. those discussions, um, and they they had a team, right? So one person is doing is kind of in there, and one person is also monitoring. Um, you know, my my hearing, um, and so yeah, my my hearing I ended up losing that. Um, you know, the, the primary objective I would say just to, to qualify that was, was to get the tumor, to sure. get as much of the tumor out as possible. Absolutely, yes. Um, this is the second order for me and everyone's situation is, is different, right? Mm-hmm. For me was to pr- preserve facial functionality. Yeah. 
because uh, that's also a, a risk. And I also, you know, going into surgery, I had um, paralysis visible. Okay. So we thought that I was more likely to, ex- I should expect that more likely coming out of it because I had that going in. Um, I fortunately had a, a great outcome and, and not everyone is, is as lucky, but, but certainly fortunate there. But yeah, so the order of operations was, was certainly to obviously come out of the surgery, but then to come out of it without the, the tumor, they could keep that. And then, uh, facial function and then hearing was, which would certainly be the nice to have there. Yeah. And then, uh, how far down the road was it uh, when you got or were introduced to the Acoustic Neuroma Association, and uh, if you could tell us a little bit about that journey, because yeah. a lot has come from that. For sure. You know, once I got the phone call, hearing about my diagnosis, uh, you know, started the immediate Google searching and, and trying to understand what was going on. So I, I definitely reached out to different groups on on Facebook, Facebook, and and on the internet. Um, Trying to find any information I, I could, right? Good, good, bad, or ugly, as as it were, and I got all of it. Uh, so <laughs> that's the internet and a mouthful, right there. Y- yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the resources that I that I came across was the Acoustic Neuroma Association, and uh, they they really stood out as being kind of like a lighthouse or a beacon of information um, for people like me. And so, you know, one of the first things I did that that weekend, obviously, other than calling family and, and, and friends, was uh, signing up for their their newsletter and and kind of getting my name on on the list to get materials. And they sent me really quickly um, a packet of information that they send everybody, uh, you know, who's who's newly diagnosed or signs up. And it, it was chock full of information about you know what this is, um, what. I could maybe expect, but also super valuably, uh, we had, they included, um, a list of peer mentors and support groups. And I started to reach out to some of those folks that seemed like they had some similar experiences to what I might have, uh, have been going through or what I was going through. And through that, I was able to meet one of the peer mentors who was also a Minnesota support group leader at the time. And, um, he introduced me to, the Minnesota support group mm-hmm. and his, he shared his experience was, was super helpful. He had kind of a, a, a crazy roller coaster of, of things as well with multiple surgeries and, and, you know, urgent, urgent, well, I should say emergent surgeries as well. Right. As a result, right. uh, it wasn't, you know, sort of the, the planned out, um, situation that, that I was sure. fortunate, able, fortunately able to, to kind of go through. Um, so, but yeah, so then we went to, um, he invited me to a local support group meeting where I, um, participated. Um, I actually went to the support group. Uh, it was probably a, w- a week within a week or so after getting out of, of, uh, recovery you oh, know, wow. for, from Mayo okay. and they were obviously, well, super, super welcoming, Hi, Laura and Steve. If you're watching, Laura and Steve are the the, the fine and and talented Minnesota support group leaders that we Very have here. Very nice. Very nice. And they've been such a huge help for me over over the years. And yeah, just the broader Acoustic Neuroma Association and community. And then through that, um, I met another local Minnesota. Um, representative of the Acoustic Neuroma, Nancy Ryan, who's a board member, okay. and through 
going to meetings and discussing, you know, sort of my circumstances, my situation, my, my interests, um, and sharing feedback about, you know, particularly about the employment situation. And, um, she shared that, you know, one of the initiatives that was going on at the time was, um, the Acoustic and Roma Association, the board was having a, sort of a task force subcommittee, if you will, focusing on employment and supporting employment for, you know, people like my, myself. And she asked if I'd be interested in, in sort of joining that in, you know, I guess in a consulting type capacity. Sure, sure. So that's a little bit of, of yeah. how we got plugged in there. Yeah. Yeah, so you you uh you did much more than <clears throat> than just uh you know receive information from the uh, association. You got really involved uh and um from what I understand we're we're part of like you said the a task force that created um some in, uh some recommendations, employment considerations for people experiencing acoustic neuroma. Is that correct? Correct. And, and correct. you got connected to um, uh, to some folks over at uh, Voc Rehab Deed. Cor- uh, correct. Yeah. So tell us more about how you got connected in there and some of the work that you did and, and recommendations that uh, that you came up with. Yeah. No. Thank you. Um, you're you're exactly right. So one of the outcomes the, or the outputs of that task force was a um, was to create sort of. I, I think it's bigger than a pamphlet. It's a you know it's it's materials. Um, we call it. It's, it's titled um, Employment Considerations f- for Acoustic Neuroma Patients. And really what it, what it represents is um, a bunch of recommendations, things that we thought were valuable to consider and um, to, to consider when you are, are kind of navigating the workspace um, and dealing with an acoustic neuroma diagnosis or 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 treatment, uh, whether you're you know at, really at any stage of your um, of your journey, sure. I guess is what we would say. So, like I said before, whether you're watching and waiting, and kind of seeing how that goes, how the tumor may or may not grow, um, or you are doing a radiation type path, or you're doing a surgical approach, um, we the way that the the material is is sectioned is just that it's it's sort of catered to each path <laughs> the choose your own adventure style of um you know things that you might want to consider given your circumstances sure, right so sure. somebody who is watching and waiting yeah. and has a very small tumor or you know may not choose to disclose um because maybe they're symptom free or maybe that you know they're not they're not quite ready and there isn't any other symptoms that uh, would be outwardly presenting someone um who is choosing radiation you know, might disclose differently as well because of, you know, what their ex- expectations are for their, their recovery. And then somebody who's, who's having surgery like myself, um, obviously I was going to be out for, for quite a while and, and needed to, to obviously speak about that and, and talk right. through how that was going to work logistically with my, you know, my clients that I had at my time and, and the, and the rest right. of the, of the team and the yeah. organization. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the uh, <clears throat> recommendations were, uh, very personal in the way that uh, one could could uh, take where they were at with their journey, and uh, as you sort of or as you described, if a you know then this, if b then this. Uh, uh, it sounds like a very comprehensive uh, approach uh, and beneficial. Yeah. yeah. 
Tell us more about your journey uh, back to work. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, I was very fortunate because I got great advice from a lot of the, the peer mentors, and I, I tried to put that into practice. Um, but going back to work was a scary experience. Uh, this was right at January, basically 2022, or sorry, January 2020, um, when I went back to the office to try and, and feel it out. And um, losing my hearing was an adjustment. You know, I, I had pretty good hearing going in. Um, not perfect, obviously, but but still pretty good and functional. And it became zero. Okay. Um, so I'm, I think I, w- I should say it's prof- it's technical. Medical is like profoundly deaf, uh, unilateral deafness. Okay. On my on my left side. So. Sure. Um, but I had issues with balance, like I, like I mentioned. Um, I had issues tr- tracking visually and and sort of changing my focus level so depth of of field was really an issue and so going back to an open office was was something i was i was pretty scared about because you know looking at my my desk and and screen time was already going to be challenging right but then also looking up and kind of out into an open office um, was also going to be a separate issue and i was really struggling with that um also you know one of the quirks i don't know if that's fair to say with single-sided or being single-sidedly deaf is the loss of sound location. So I, I can't tell where sound is coming from, um, which is great for my kids when they're playing hide and seek, but terrible for me when I'm, you know, at, hopefully you're not still looking for them. <laughs> no, no, but my daughter is very, very good at hide yes. and seek, like scarily good. Um, but also, you know, oddly, when you know you're at, you're at out in nature and you hear a mosquito, it's actually like yes. that much more yes. scary because you're like, yeah. I don't know where this mosquito is, and it's hard mm-hmm. enough to find it, and so I just am I'm wow. looking everywhere. Yeah. So my this side of my face that tends to get eaten up a lot. Oh boy. Um, anyway, so yeah, so single sided deafness is is a challenge, and, and I, I think in the workplace, not only do you have to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. In terms of where you're seated, like this, and and um, but it's also the number of of auditory inputs that are happening because everything's just going in here. So um, when multiple people are speaking, it's it's a challenge, and I can't tell exactly who's speaking. Okay. Um, and let's see, uh, people coming up uh, to speak to me, they have to make sure that I can see them or come up to my, my, my good side, let's say. Otherwise, I'm not going to know they're, they're there. Sure. So that could be startling. Um, I've definitely been in situations even recently where people have been speaking and not knowing that you know I have this uh, deafness on, on, my, on my left side. It's just kind of thinking maybe I'm ignoring them or, right. or that I'm, I'm coming across a, a little bit rude. Um, that happens, you know, yeah, that certainly happens. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, you know, Good considerations for all of us, uh, you know, to think about, not just assume. Uh, and it is, uh, you know, the way you describe it, it really <clears throat> illustrates how deli- deli- delicately balanced our, our senses are. And uh, and I think if if we have full capacity of our senses, uh, we we sort of you know can I know I know I can take it for granted. Uh, that uh, that I have those, and uh, you really learn just how you know having hearing on both sides 
you know balances balances things out so uh yeah it's very um i really appreciate you you know being uh, willing to to share that with us thank you yeah cer- certainly yeah. And uh, and then you uh, you you got back. Uh, currently, you're, you're back uh, f- uh, working with uh, Stone Ridge Software, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just uh, for three three months now, is that right? Yeah, Co- correct. Yeah. yeah. And if it's okay, just yeah. to, to mention, you know, one other one sure. other point um, with the Acoustic Neuroma Association, um, that initial introduction to them. Um, I, I should have said I was fortunate enough to, to get um, – they extended an offer for me to join the, the board of directors fully. Uh, and so I've been on the board of directors f- there uh, formally for about uh, a, a year or so. Okay, great. And um, it's, it's been really rewarding. I'm also a, a peer mentor. And so you know, one of the things I really like about that experience is being able to kind of come f- full mm-hmm. circle yeah. to – you know, not just be a be a patient, but also be a participant in sort of helping shape um, how the Acoustic Neuroma Association supports others, and and just being there to be an advocate um, and and, and uh, a mentor for others in that similar situation. Um, you know, since you since yeah. you said that, uh, Joe, thank you, um, or Jay, sorry, no, or J- Joe I is my grandfather's name, so uh, it's okay well, too. Okay. Uh, is is your grandfather still with us? He, he is not. He's not. Okay. No. Well, thinking of you yeah. today, Joe. Um, For sure. So, Jay, uh, since you shared that, uh, if somebody out there listening is is hearing you talk and, and is interested in getting involved, uh, what's the, what's the website? What's the best way? Uh, yeah. To, to find it. A N A U S A dot org. Okay. The Acoustic Neuroma Association. Um, yeah. Really, I, th- I think we're the the preeminent. You know, resource for for people that are you know, dealing or diagnosed with acoustic neuromas, or or are caregivers of that, or or are um, you know have a loved one that is um, has been diagnosed. Um, we do really great work. It's a small but mighty team there. Yeah. You know, kind of down in, in Georgia, and um, you know, one of the really cool things um, being on on this side of it now has been getting to see all the work that goes into it. And we're really becoming, um, you know, one of the leaders in funding research now on this, you know, this diagnosis, this, this space. Wow. And, um, it, it's really rewarding to see because yeah. there's a lot of really exciting research that's happening. Um, and so that's, that's a large part of where, you know, funds go is, is to research now. Sure. Sure. That's fantastic. You're, you're, uh, you're really, uh, doing some cool, Cool things with the association. So it's a n a u s a dot org. Correct. And maybe I, I can send it That's to. That's an easy one to remember. Hopefully, well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> it, it has very uh, phonic sound to it. Yes. Anyway, uh, and and the cons- the employment considerations yeah. material is available there as, very as good. well. Yeah, yeah. So that's in there as well. So great. And uh, and you did some work with. Uh, t- it, it, was was deed a real part of that as well uh department of employment economic uh, development yeah m- more more recently so mm-hmm. you know as many of us right now in the workforce are experiencing transitions mm-hmm. through different or for different reasons and, and and different circumstances and so yeah for through a recent transition uh, i was connected with with deed and and career force uh hi sue saeed if if you're watching uh thank you so much and and so sue through our discussions uh 
and, and knowing a little bit about, about my circumstances, recommended uh, vocational rehabilitation services as something that might be, a, you know, a resource to consider. I hadn't heard about that. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I, I didn't consider myself to be... Uh, I don't know, deserving or, or needed, like meeting the threshold of getting additional services, um, which is ironic because I have a you know a history and background of, of advocate, advocating for 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 individuals sure. and families and, and things like that. So, um, you know, as she started to say it, I said, you know what, I, th- I think I, I will. And so she connected me to Mary Mary Reese at at uh, VRS, and then I got in, in touch with. Um, Christine Marble through that as well, and um, just amazing people that that work there and amazing services that they provide. So thank you, thank you for that. But yeah, Chris and I were able to meet over a number of different sessions and provided a huge amount of, of resources that were were really influential for for me personally, and then also recently, um, kind of as as a you know in recognition of all of that um, valuable knowledge. Um, I was able to to convince her, she and Mary to, um, or her and Mary to come to an acoustic aroma support group meeting, and they right. were they did a great right. session. Good, uh, we had a, you know really great attendance and and really great valuable um, comments um, expressing their their thanks from the community, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, just a hugely valuable resource there, and and so Chris and I spoke about all different types of things, um, tools, tips techniques to bring into the workplace um, to make sure that you know I'm successful that we're successful as I start this new job um, at Stoneridge software yeah very good and and Chris as as you know but uh, to let our audience know uh, introduced us to Jay and and we're we're lucky enough to work with Chris on the Minnesota APSI board uh, and delighted uh, and she's uh, just a, gr- a great advocate great connector. Uh, so we're really delighted that she introduced us to you so uh, so we could get to have this discussion today. And you had just segued into Stone Ridge, so yeah. tell us all about Stone Ridge. Yeah, so Stone Ridge, um, Stone Ridge Software is a Microsoft Dynamics consulting uh, agency. And we do uh, – actually, we just celebrated our 11th year uh, anniversary this week, um, so – I know there's a lot of, nice. of people who are going to be celebrating later today as well. Um, and yeah, I was going to say it's a small organization, but I don't know that that's true anymore. We're, we're doing some really exciting things and, and continuing to grow. Um, I, I don't know if the exact number, but I think it's, you know, it's multiple hundreds, probably two to three hundred people now. Um, so, so quite large and, and the reach is, is, is growing, but I think we're, we're a premier partner of, um, you know, Microsoft Dynamics implementations okay. and, and, and consulting, so bringing that to to different organizations in, in different verticals, um, and the experience has really been great. Um, honestly, they have had the the best onboarding experience um, that I can remember. Um, really, just robust information for for a new person to the space, but they, we have sessions with leaders um, to kind of get more background. There was um, a lot of do-it-yourself learnings. Okay. Um, so pre, pre-created material that is, you know, specific for, for the role and, and for the organization um, that's available and, and super flexible as well. Um, you know, 
they have values. One of the things that, that I was drawn to was, was just the simplicity of, mm-hmm. of their core values, but they, they resonated really, really well with me. And, you know, one of those that I think is, is appropriate is, um, you know, enjoying, enjoying your work. And, and yeah. I think that on the surface is, yes, we want to just enjoy the work, but I think it's also enjoying the people. Sure that that we're working with right and um i think that's been a really clear p- positive um standout thing that i yeah. that i've noticed at stone ridge is that we're um you know they hired me not just for a role but they hired me and i think yeah. that is a really special thing um and that's not just because you know of my diagnosis in fact you know i, I didn't necessarily share that Initially, there were some people that, that did know, but um, that wasn't a you know really the conversation at, at all. It was just the interest in the, the work and the fit for that role, but also you know who am I as a, as a person and and making sure that that I was a culture fit as well. And and that I think was 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 really great. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of really great work that that we're doing at Stone Ridge to continue to. Uh, build out the DEI and DIB space um, to make sure that everyone has a voice and everyone feels included. That's, that's great. Uh, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, is, yeah. is very important uh, uh, to us as well. And it sounds like they have a very, you know, holistic uh, approach where they really see, see the person, not just the technical skills, you know, that they might present. When you were onboarding or are going into to your new job, did you use any of the employment considerations that you you have illustrated, you know, for others? Yes, specifically. For, yes, um, I also used some of the, the the tools and techniques that that Chris has shared as well. Um, actually, now that I've said her name, I am immediately trying to. Be cognizant about my speech and make sure that I'm I'm slowing down and and, and speaking more clearly. So thank you, Chris. Again, um, I think you know one of the main ones is certainly how and where and if you disclose and to sure. what degree do I share with my team? Do I share with you know clients? Do I share with the organization? And and what does that mean? Because it's it's one thing to say that. I'm hard of hearing, but it's another to say, you know, I, I'm deaf. And when we're on a, a Zoom call right. or a Teams call, mm-hmm. um, having video is helpful. Or I need to have the captioning because, sure. and like, look, sorry, luckily, um, you know, the, the pandemic did a lot of, of things for all of us, but increasing and uh, remote work and, and video conferencing and, and, and sort of adding features to that space was was a, a certainly a benefit um, because now captioning is is sort of built in although captioning that you get out of the box isn't perfect right sure. and and so it's not the same as having you know cart services or having you know an, an interpreter there or something like that and and so it's it's not perfect it's just kind of whatever the AI is picking up and and doing an approximation of of what it's hearing and certainly there there are issues with that but I certainly you know, use that daily in every conversation, kind of looking back to see if I've missed anything or make sure I have the, the context. But, you know, somebody who's, who's deaf or partially deaf, I should say, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at all those cues. Um, I, I don't say, and I have said this, but I, now I'm, I know better. I don't say that I, I can read lips because, you know, at best I, I get a little bit of information from there. Um, 
you know, I, I, I think that through Hollywood, we have kind of like this idea, yeah. right. Yeah. That people, if you, if you read lips, mm-hmm. um, you can, you can kind of like, I don't know, you have a superpower sort of, sure. right. And, and that's not, that's not true. Um, Chris has some great material that, that she shared where, you know, all of these different factors really impede the message. Um, and so if a message is being delivered and my hand is up or I'm taking a drink of water mm-hmm. or I'm not looking at the, at the camera or I'm speaking loudly or not speaking clearly, uh, facial hair, I think, I'm not sure if I said that. All, all these things can sort of muddy the waters a little bit in terms of receiving that information. And, and even without all of those factors, it's still very, very difficult to actually read lips. So this idea that, you know, I'm looking through the binoculars and, mm-hmm. you know, through a sniper rifle and, and seeing, you know, what people are talking about right. is, is, um, you know, kind of a, a fantastical, um, interpretation of, of yeah. what is realistic. Um, so yeah, certainly the, the considerations of how to disclose and when to disclose sure. was, was sure. a big part of that. Yeah. Um, and then trying to employ and, and, still trying to employ these things, you know, getting better and better about my own self-advocacy. Um, because sometimes it, oftentimes it is, it is hard, um, to kind of put yourself out there and, and, um, give yourself space and, and make sure that you take the time to advocate for what you need and what's going to make you successful. Um, so it's something that I, I continue to, to work with them on with with Chris on and 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 just work on personally, yeah. Um, yeah well, it's uh, it's very evident and you know clear that you are are committed to personal growth and I I really want to uh, commend you because I think uh, as human beings sometimes it's the it's hard to adapt the things that we teach you know so, so it's it's a very kind of uh, classic phenomenon that sometimes we will teach others to do a certain thing, but then we don't uh, adapt that ourselves. And it sounds like you really are doing both. You know that you're 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 supporting and enlightening others, and you're also learning from uh, your own your own teachings, if you will, and, and those around you, and and then applying those. So yeah, I'm definitely yeah, it's, working. It's, it's good stuff. Thank you. Uh, I'm definitely a work in, work in progress, as as we all are. Absolutely. Um, so when, when I hear or if I read something, um, you know, whether it's a technique or a tool from, you know, from academia or from a book I read, um, I, I try and hold on to it. So, you know, whether I take a note about it or, or, or not, um, I, th- I think that it helps uh, make sure that it, it's, it's staying with me. Um, and it doesn't always come out, but um, I, I certainly try and keep that in mind. One of the things that I guess I'm thinking of right now is, you know, if you are you familiar with the power of of yet this concept of of yet? I don't know if I am familiar with that. I'm familiar with the power of now. Yeah. Uh, tell me about yet. So, and I'm not. So yet is a, is a really powerful word. Mm. Um, yet is this idea that um, you know, if I don't know something, if I don't know how to do something, if I can't do something right now, um, it's not a that I can't do it yeah. is I can't do it yet. Right. Okay. And so there's a lot of research. I think, um, I should probably talk to you after and send you the, a link, but, mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at our producer here, but I think her name is, uh, Carol, Dr. Carol Dweck possibly. Um, and uh, there's some really great Ted talks, but 
she gets into the idea that you know being fixed mm-hmm. there's a there's a fixed growth sure. there's a fixed mindset sure. right and there's a growth mindset mm-hmm. and so I, I've, I've really tried to mm. make sure i'm i'm maintaining a, a growth mindset yeah. and this is ties into this power yeah. this power of yet power of yet yeah it's fabulous yeah so uh, I, I do I'm, that i'm just rolling through things that in my own life that i can apply that to yeah, you know? it's it's an interesting mm. thing because if you think about it as we're all fixed and this is like sure. what we can learn and this is what we know how to do and that's yeah. the end of it, yeah. uh, it's it's really mm-hmm. limiting, right? Yeah. Um, and if you give yourself the the, the grace of, of of yet and this power of yet, mm. it really allows you to explore um, and be be gracious with yourself and give your yourself space to explore yeah. new new areas. And you know, one way that I I think I I remind myself about that. Um, is through martial arts mm. and um i've always been an avid martial arts fan and you know over the last decade or, or two i've gotten more involved with martial arts and that's one of the things that i continue uh to this day um and actually has been a huge helpful note for me in my own recovery as well and so i get to do um i'm, I'm doing taekwondo i do brazilian jiu-jitsu and nice. and muay thai right now and so Hi to Classic Taekwondo Studios. Hi to Burnsville Martial Arts Academy. Uh, and thank you all for all of your support. It's been great because martial arts not only helps with the physical aspects of, you know, recovery, strength, conditioning, all those things, but also uh, grounding. Sure. Humbling also. Sure. Yeah. Um, but also reminding you that, like, I don't know how to do this thing yet. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which is really cool. I really, really like that a lot. I'm going to take that with me today. That's... Uh... That's good stuff. And, and you know, when you're talking about we're all works in progress, I, I completely agree, you know, with that. I've, I've always sort of had a personal philosophy that, that I'll never arrive, that it's about the journey. Because, uh, you know, if, you, if you've arrived, well, where do you go from there? Right. You know, so um, – that that's that's good stuff. So, so if I uh, may say, it, yeah. uh, just in our our discussions before we got into the to the <laughs> podcast, you know, you'd mentioned that uh, you've been watching some of our podcasts. If I may say, even becoming a fan of our podcasts, and so as a fan of the podcast, you know that we always like to, you know, as we're starting to 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 wind down, ask that question about the future and. Um, we would like to ask you, you know, what are some of your thoughts, hopes and dreams for the future of employment, not just for uh, people with a acoustic neuroma, but people with other challenges uh, and disabilities? Yeah, no, I, I love I love that segment. And yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Fan of you as well, Chris. <laughs> uh, There's one. There's one. Thanks, Jay. I, I will thumbs up the, the YouTube video <laughs> later. So that's that's me. Um, yeah, I think that my my wish, I guess, um, in my ideal vision of the future would would, would be, and I'll, I'm going to say this not just for all, all of all of you, but also my future self looking at this later, it is to is for things to be easier. Um, to speak about the things that you need to be successful, um, to advocate for yourself, um, to not pre-opt out uh, of services, support, care, because of an, of an idea that you, or perception that you may have. 
um, have have a conversation be- before you have a, a narrative attached to it. Um, and so I think if there's a, a place where um, you know I'm better, where where it's easier to speak about the things that that I need, whether it's in a meeting or with an organization or you know. Um, in a different forum, I think that that would be great for that just to be more of a comfortable experience, more accepted experience. And I think we're, we're, we're moving in that direction, but it certainly doesn't always feel that way. Sure. Yeah. I, I really like what you have to say there. Uh, it really ties into our, our philosophy of, of the concept of employment first, which is that, uh, you don't, uh, you know, anyone should be expected they can work not that you have to opt into work uh rather you know if you decide whatever reason you're not going to work that would be your decision but everybody is uh, expected that they can work that wants to work you know so uh i i love those philosophies i gotta tell you i really like the shout outs today yeah I'm hoping it starts a new tradition uh, with our APSI podcast. You know, I, I thought it was just beautiful how you wove all those in. And, <laughs> and you know, my last question I have to ask you is, uh, does your mom live in town? And if she does, will you be celebrating with your mom tonight? And what will you be doing? Yeah. Not that you have to disclose where you'll be for, sure. you know, for the audience out there. But yeah. uh, my, my, mom, my mom is not in town. Okay. She is uh, in Florida. Okay. Um, but she will be coming here later this year to visit, uh, spend spend some time with the Good. family. Good. Well, the temperature has been dropping today. Uh, as we said at the beginning, it's October 27th. So Florida sounds like a good place to be today. That's for sure. Hopefully she's having a, a great day. So happy birthday again, Mom. Happy birthday, Mom. Uh, well, you know, thanks so much. This has uh, really been uh, been a blast. Are there... Is there anything else that you're just like maybe itching to 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 tell everybody or any thoughts that you didn't get to uh, to relay? Um, you know, w- one thing that I think we d- we didn't really touch on um, that was a big part of my life, you know, is going back a, a little bit to the game space mm-hmm. and being involved with with games and games development for for so long supporting the, the teams the, the creative endeavors um having that be such a part of my life and, and being uh, an avid game player a gamer myself um things really changed with with the diagnosis um i stopped i lost a lot of enjoyment for the things that i was um that i was doing you know, so sports also was, like I said, was, was affected, but also, you know, gaming was also because yeah. audio is such a huge component of, of games, right? Maybe it's not the first thing that you might, might say, but positional audio, where's, where are things coming from is, is a huge aspect. And I think accessibility in the game space is definitely part of the conversation. Um, but I'd love to see that be more, more of a part of the conversation. Um, you know, and, and there are different sort of areas of, of accessibility that, that maybe have uh, a lot of, of, of effort versus, versus others. And it's, it's a really challenging dynamic or balance to strike when, when you're trying to figure out, um, you know, how you're going through the course of development. The features and functionality that are built for, for including all players oftentimes are not the, not considered the marquee features. And, and I would love, so another vision of, yeah. that I would say for the future, it would be to continue to, um, 
just improve it in that space and make sure that that gaming is is available to all of us because um I certainly don't have the same experience now and and I'm I'm still looking for you know resources and and games that I can enjoy um like I like I did before so um yeah that that would be one another area that's fabulous would it be too big a a comment to say there might be some inventions uh, in the future if anybody would, would like uh, consulting or collaboration, <laughs> let let me know. I'm, I'd be happy to, to 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 share thoughts. There's already a lot of great organizations in the space. Able Gamers okay. is a, is a huge advocate for a number of of people um, that have all different types of, of needs, um, and and there there are fairly robust documentation for you know what might be or or what might be considered best practices. It's one thing to have the documentation. It's another thing to actually, you know, put that into practice and, and allocate dollars for that development effort. Um, and and there are some some folks that are doing it. I think um, I just was recently looking at you know a, a Fortnite video, and and there is really great accessibility functionality in there as well. And the funny thing about accessibility um, is that oftentimes it's beneficial for for everyone. So this feature, which is kind of visualizing sound effects. You know, in on a map, is all of a sudden becoming a widely adopted feature sure. for everybody because yeah. it helps everybody. Yes. just like closed captioning. Yes, yes, if yes, you're absolutely. if you're a restaurant, yeah, adaptations are universal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's a, yeah. it's a really interesting space, and yeah, I, I certainly have thoughts and opinions, and and would would love to to collaborate uh, with yeah. anybody. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, uh, wonderful. Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Jay, for, for joining us today. Can I give you a fist bump? This sure. is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, so for uh, Jay Magrisso, I'm Chris Davies. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us today. And on behalf of Jay and myself, we just want to remind everybody out there that if you believe it, you can achieve it. 